You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 331 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Gina Militia, and we're doing things a little bit different this week. So you may be watching through uh, the video or you may be listening, um, but we are breaking down um, a number of processes in the world of photography, which we hope you, you find useful. But um, before I explain what's, uh, what we're going to do this particular episode, how are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? Congratulations. I believe you are now out of lockdown and you can go and yes. uh, go out and enjoy the world, and um, which is great. And just a big hello and big hugs to – I know there's a lot of places in the world that are just going into lockdown and uh, doing it tough. We got, we're thinking of you. We know what it's like and, um, you know, hopefully we can – entertain you for this next hour and take your mind off it and give you some uh, creative skills that you can go and use and uh, make the most of this time. So how is it, Val? How mm. is it to be out and about and, uh, you know, s- sort of back to Yes, I've only been lifestyle. out of lockdown for a day, yeah. uh, but I haven't actually take, <laughs> taken advantage of that. I have um, haven't ventured very far at all, but, um, yeah, that's fine. I'm very comfortable here at home. You're it's, getting very comfortable, Val. I'm about to stage an intervention actually because it's like <laughs> when you become more introverted than me I start to get worried <laughs> so we've done a flip I'm like out and about all over the place I think I, I was know. just so traumatized by our long lockdown that I've uh, you mm. know decided to uh, get out more and just enjoy it I guess. So, yeah, so hopefully everyone is well out there, all the listeners, and making the most of your time. I know it's winter in a lot of places, so you've got uh, a lot of opportunities to just uh, practice up on your photography. And so what we thought we'd do this mm-hmm. week, Val, is do a yes. complete start to finish. So I've yes. got a shot. I'm going to share my entire thought process on how I came up with the location, what I said to the person I was photographing, how I lit it, uh, all the posing and directing hacks, and then take it in and show you how to edit the image. So if you're watching, I love it. Uh, there is an image on the screen, uh, which is uh, the, um, that you can see. And uh, Valerie, I think you can just. Yeah, so basically stuff. this. This image is from when Gina went to Cuba and um, and many people will know that uh, Cuba is just full of character and colours and, and characters as well. And this is of a, very, a kind of an elderly gentleman um, on the street uh, in Cuba. He's pretty old so he's got really, you know, weathered hands and he is wearing just a basic shirt and a kind of like a Panama hat and he's got some uh, newspapers in one hand um, that are are a little bit tattered and he's kind of leaning over ever so slightly. He has a cigar because Cuba, right? He's got a cigar in his mouth and with his other hand that's not holding the newspapers, he's lighting it and he he, he he is looking down, so you can't fully see his face, but you can see it's pretty wizened and old. And the thing that's one of the things that's really interesting about these shots is that Gina's really captured the smoke that he's puffing, and he's she's captured it in in such a way that it's almost like frozen in time um, as he's taken some puffs um, as he's lighting the the cigarette in the background. So he's in the foreground. In the background is um, the the street. So it's it's a it's a shot of you know some old buildings in the street. They're they're 
they're not in focus, so they don't take over the 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 detail doesn't take over the photograph. He's very much the the man is very much the hero of this shot. So yeah, start to finish. I love this idea of this journey of a photograph from idea to the very very final product. Not only in shooting it, but the post production as well. So yeah, where do we start with this, Gina? All right, so. As I'm going to be describing the editing for this image, I am working in Lightroom and Photoshop. However, I'm going to try and be a bit more general with how I describe the way that I'm editing and I'm not going to try and be too Lightroom or Photoshop centric, although there are some things that I do to this image towards the end, which uh, you really do need uh, Photoshop to be able to do. But there are workarounds because I know there's a lot of people that don't use Lightroom and they have other options. But, you know, the, the basic principles will apply to whatever uh, software you choose to use to edit your images because once you understand about shadow recovery and highlight rescuing highlights and contrast and all of that it applies to whatever software you use so so you can take the information and hopefully apply that to whatever software but there was uh, in the last one that we did Val the last one of these or the first one of these that we did <laughs> you you did ask the question about Lightroom catalogs and uh, there was a little bit of confusion. So I just want to spend uh, the first five minutes here just going through my workflow process when working in Lightroom. And I know that there is a vast majority of you that do use Lightroom. And I know that like when I first started using Lightroom, there is a little bit of confusion surrounding the use of catalogs and what happens to your images and how actual, because like when you think about it, it just all looks like magic valve, but it's not. And if we can break it down and think in terms of like what is actually happening, and don't worry, I'm not going to get technical because I don't, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I will describe it so that you have a, a better understanding of what's going on. And then hopefully, like I said, information is power, and then hopefully that'll help you guys with how you set up your uh, future, you know, images using Lightroom and your catalogs. Now, the way I set up my Lightroom catalog, and I know when I, I've seen other educators out there set up their catalog, I, it, it differs to a lot of educators. And I'm going to say that I think and I see this because uh, a lot of the educators that are teaching photography are not necessarily working photographers. They might be hobbyists and they're, they're teaching the way that they work. And so, um, and if you're a hobbyist, then I recommend that you follow that recommendation of making one catalog that lasts you forever. Okay. So if you're the kind of photographer that only takes their camera to book club on Sunday and you might take 10 images or you might go out once a month or every now and then, you're not, you're not working all the time or you're not like an, you know, a, a passionate enthusiast that's out there to, doing lots and lots of different shoots and you're just doing a, a few, then one catalogue will work for you. But if you're a working photographer, an enthusiast, uh, an enthusiastic enthusiast, does that make sense? Enthusiastic enthusiast, yes, uh, that's doing lots yeah. and lots of different shoots, then I recommend you follow um, my, the protocol that I, I find is uh, works the best and what that is, it's like, let me just bring up. So basically, when you're importing images into Lightroom, there are three different ways that you can import your images into Lightroom. So you can either, uh, or, or four different ways, but you can like shoot to card on your camera, right, Val? And I'm sure mm -hmm. you've done this where you then plug your camera via a USB cable into yep. your computer or laptop mm -hmm. and then th this little um, message will pop up and say you can either, you know, import them into whatever software you've got there to import them into. Like you can choose what software you like to do. And if you've got Lightroom uh set up then the computer will come up and say do you want to import these images right so directly from mm -hmm. your camera or the way the some people like to shoot is they shoot tethered so there is a 
a cord running from the camera to the computer and the, the files are transferred via the cable directly as you shoot. And the advantages of this is you get to see what you're shooting as you shoot it on a nice big laptop screen rather than looking at the back of your camera, okay? So that's the mm -hmm. second method. The third method is via a card reader. So you've got a, a special card reader that you pop the, the CF or um, – uh, little uh, smaller card. What are the smaller cards called? I've, I've rarely used SD them. cards. See, that's it. The SD card into the card reader, and that will import the images uh, onto your computer. And then the other way is you might have, uh, because what I recommend you, you do, even if you're just learning today, it's the start of the year. I know we've got a, a lot of new listeners, and welcome to all the new listeners, and welcome to all the new goldies as well. If this is like you're just getting into photography and uh, you, you, you're shooting in auto and you've also not been shooting in raw, I highly recommend just for the, the start, set your camera to JPEG and raw. And when you import the files, take the raw files because you're not sure what to do with them there and just store them on a hard drive because as you get better and better, you're really going to want to go back on all your images over the years and re-edit them. And I've gone back mm. through the years as well as, as you know, your skills improve and the software improves. There is so much more you can do and you'll really um, kick yourself for not shooting in RAW. So just start shooting in RAW, even if you don't know what to do with the files and just park them somewhere. You'll thank me down the track, even if it's five years uh, time. So you might have raw files on a hard drive that you can also import into Lightroom. So they're the four different ways that you can import the files. Now, um, what I like to do is when you import the files, you've got Lightroom open on your computer and by default, whenever you do anything on the computer, it will by default store them in your pictures folder. That's where all the files go. So if you're like not paying attention when you're importing, then they automatically by default, that's where the computer stores them. So, so just in case you've been, you know, distracted as you're importing or it's all a bit overwhelming at first. And then you go, hang on, where did all the, where did all the files go? You'll find them in your pictures folder. So don't panic. And you can override that default and you can tell Lightroom exactly where you want your files to go. In fact, you can tell Lightroom a lot of things as you go through the process and that's really important. Now, one thing that is really, really important to understand when you're working in Lightroom is when you are adjusting an image, it is adjusting the image virtually. So let's just say, and I want to show you, uh, okay, so I'm going to bring up this image here. All right, Val, um, just uh, what do you want me to do with this image? Because we're going to make it look really wacky because I want to prove something <laughs> to you, okay? So let's, okay. what do you want to do? We'll lift the what shadow do you mean? What, like, I'm just going to yeah, edit so it because I want to show you actually what happens. So I'm going to lift the shadows. So it's a, a photo of a bar, a guy in a bar in, in Cuba, all right? So it was very dark and when in I the, started. And in the original shot, yeah, it, it's a photo of a guy in a bar, but it is taken from the street and the the it, it's open to the street from like a roller door. So there's no window. Um, and even though the guy at the bar is kind of near the front, a lot of the rest of the background of the bar is um, quite dark at this in its original form. All right. So what I'm doing is I'm making a really drastic change to the image. All right. So I've added some colours to the midtones, shadows and highlights. I've reduced the saturation. I've made it look very different to when we started. So if I just show you, you can see the before and after. Let me just, just enhance that even more because I want you to see, like I'm just going to add a little cat colour. I'm going to add some pink into it there. Obviously, mm -hmm. it's very different, right? So I've done all mm -hmm. of this to my raw file, okay? We can see the before mm -hmm. and after. And uh, if you want a shortcut to that and you want to see what your original file looked like and you want to see the after file next to it, just hit Y on the keyboard and that gives you before and after. And if you hit the backspace um, key, 
that will give you a before and after like that. So before and after. So there are a couple of little shortcuts and you can do that as you're working. But okay, I've radically changed this image, Val, haven't I? So yeah, yeah. now that that is my raw file. Now I want to show you if I go into my settings and I say look for the image in the finder. So I've just right clicked on the image and scroll down to show in finder. Okay. The folder that it's in comes up. And if I bring up this image, there it is in the finder. So, Valerie, what the what's original image? That's the original image. That is the image mm -hmm. that I just edited in the finder. Yes. So, yes. what do you think just happened? So, basically, the changes that you've made have not been saved over the original file. No, but even if I save it, mm -hmm. okay, let me just go to file. Uh, mm -hmm. It won't even allow me to save. It doesn't update. The point on that I'm making. So let me just mm. go back to show in Finder. The, that's the image. That's the original image. Whenever yeah. you edit anything in Lightroom, okay, mm -hmm. no matter how many changes you make, how how much you you know edit the image, it is the the preview that you see in Lightroom. It's all virtual. So all that it's mm -hmm. doing is as I'm editing this image. Okay, Lightroom is going, yeah, 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 and it's taking notes. Like there's a little mouse in there, right, that has a little notepad and it lists every single thing that I've done. Mm -hmm. Okay, Derek, who lives in Lightroom, Derek the little mouse, lists right. everything that I just did. So you can remember, we can have a look at what I just did. I changed the mid-tones to blue. I put yellow in the highlights and I uh, in the shadows and I put, put a, like orange in the highlights. I um, increased the whites. I increased the shadows. I decreased the, the, the highlights and uh, dropped the exposure a little bit. So basically what happens is Lightroom, the little what, Nigel who lives in Lightroom, takes notes. I thought it was Derek. Oh, Derek, sorry. Derek, sometimes Nigel works at night when Derek, because oh, right. Derek has another okay. job and he's a bit flaky sometimes. <laughs> so um, there is a list of everything that, that happens to the image, okay? Everything is listed and this is like Lightroom code, okay? And that's recorded. So basically... When I go, when I say, all right, I'm, I, I'm in, I love this image sick, I'm just so happy with it, God, I'm good, and I do the little lap of honour, I then say, all right, I want to save this and I can choose to export the image. So I can go to File, Export, I get a little dialog box that comes up and the first section I can tell Lightroom exactly where I want that image to be stored. I can rename it if I want and then I can nominate the the format that I want to export uh, the image. I can have JPEG, PSD, TIFF, PNG, or the original, and I can resize it if I want to, okay? And then I can add right. other metadata. So I can do all of that and hit export, and it'll export it as, let's just say, a JPEG. So you've got another copy, but no matter what I do, in Finder, okay, mm -hmm. that image is always going to be untouched so what and, it does and of course it, for windows users who don't have finder um this, it's just in your windows folders yes so basically what that says to you is everything that you do in lightroom is happening virtually it's a virtual experience so the the preview that we're getting on the screen now is a virtual. And so mm. that is why you can work with Lightroom offline because basically it's not actually doing anything to the file. It's it's doing mm. it virtually. So you can go back. You've got a history in your left-hand panel and I can go back to the original import or I can go back a few steps. It doesn't matter what I do. I'm never going to harm or hurt that, that file. And that's really mm. important to know because um, – when you do that, everything that you do to the file, if you want Lightroom to recognize it, it has to happen within that, uh, within Lightroom. If you try and do something outside of Lightroom, so what I'm going to do here is 
Um, I'm in Lightroom still, and I've got my image that I've just added to look super wacky. Uh, now I'm going to go into the uh, library module, which is the first one in the basic panel, and I can go down and I can rename that image. So let's just call it, um, what was the name of the guy, Derek or Nigel? I'll call it Derek. Uh, okay. Okay. So Derek, I'm going to call my image Derek, Okay. There it is. There, the image has now been renamed from Cuba, whatever the file number was, to Derek, and that shows up in Lightroom. Okay. Yeah. Now, if I uh, go back to show the image in the Finder, all right, mm -hmm. guess what? It's also been renamed Derek in the Finder, but okay. it's been renamed, mm -hmm. but you don't see the uh, the edit. The, the image is not edited. It still uh, looks like the originals because it's still virtual. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Let's try something the other way now, Val. So I've got my image selected that I've renamed Derek, and I'm now in the Finder window. So I'm, I've stepped outside of Lightroom. I'm now going to rename that image George. Okay. Okay, I've renamed my yes, image George. Okay, You've, it's been so, so Gina's renaming Derek. Derek um, to, George. to George. So the file has been renamed. So originally my file was renamed Derek inside of Lightroom. Then I stepped yes. outside of Lightroom, went to my finder yes. window where my original image was, and I renamed it George. Okay, yep. now... I'm going to come down to Lightroom and I'm going to select that image. And can you see that little uh, attention? What's that called? An exclamation mark? We've just annoyed Lightroom. Mark? Can you see it there? Just there, no. where my arrow is. Look, I'm hovering oh, my right. And that? So everyone, it's at the bottom of the screen where the number two is. Mm -hmm. So the, the, where the file is, on the file now, if I click on that, we get a warning. Derek. Mm -hmm could not be used because the original file could not be found. Mm -hmm. Okay. So do you know why that happened? Because you renamed it George. I renamed it George outside of Lightroom and now Lightroom yes. no longer recognises that file because Lightroom was always dealing with Derek. And I changed yes. Derek to George and now Lightroom can't find the file. It's as simple as that. So the point it's of all like of that... Derek went and had plastic surgery outside of Lightroom and then Derek Lightroom couldn't recognise him anymore. on Lightroom yeah, behind cheated. its back. So the mm -hmm. deal is you are in a committed relationship with Lightroom, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. When you inter mm -hmm. enter into a co committed relationship, if you don't want to have any problems and you don't want to upset <laughs> Lightroom, don't <laughs> step outside of Lightroom. Do everything mm -hmm. in Lightroom. Okay, so yes. my point is if you ever want to rename a file, if you ever want to move a file to somewhere else, don't do it outside of Lightroom. Do everything inside of Lightroom so Lightroom knows everything mm. that's going. It's a possessive, very possessive partner is Lightroom. Lightroom needs so to know Lightroom everything will, that's going will, on. Lightroom will cater to all your different You can do whatever you like. You can be as kinky as you like. As, okay. Go for your life. Got as it. kinky as you like, doesn't matter. Lightroom doesn't care as long as you mm. do it inside Lightroom. If you step Fine. outside Lightroom, Lightroom gets all upset. Bets off. All bets are off. Cut and Lightroom, off. No, get, you're dead to Lightroom. You just, yeah. You're dead to me now, okay? And it won't yeah, recognise the file. And this is one of the most common problems that people have with Lightroom. It's like, mm. oh, my God, I reopened the folder again and I can't find my files. This is possibly mm. what's happened. You've renamed it. You've changed something outside of Lightroom, okay? Mm. So does that make sense? All right. So A, the raw files keep, keep are your always experiments in Lightroom. Keep your experimenting in Lightroom and enjoy, but mm. do it inside mm. Lightroom. Mm. Um, it's safe virtual, space. It's a safe space and have a safe word, Val. Um, <laughs> Uh, it is a virtual edit, okay? So mm. it's never actually editing the file at all. So your original file mm. always stays intact. What you're seeing on the screen is actually happening virtually. And 
Don't change anything outside of Lightroom. Do it inside of Lightroom so you don't lose Don't go change files. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, this is the protocol that I've used and I've been using Lightroom now for about 12 or 13 years. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is this is what I do. Whenever I have a new job, I will create a new Lightroom catalogue. And so what I do, the process is I create a folder that I name uh, after the job. So let's just mm-hmm. say I'm photographing George, okay? Yeah. I photograph, mm. I, I name the folder George and I'll put the year in the in the name as well. And so I've got a new mm-hmm. folder and that will be saved either on a hard, it'll always be saved on a hard drive, okay? So I've got my folder George and mm. I upload all of my raw files into a folder called raw files, okay? So the file is named and then within that folder, the folder is named George. Within George's folder, I've got another folder which I call raw files, okay? Mm -hmm. And then within the George folder, that's where I keep my Lightroom catalog that I've created. So I create a new Lightroom catalog for each job and it is always constantly stored the raw files, my edited files, and my Lightroom catalog are all stored in one folder, okay? And then when I want to back up, I take that entire the contents, the entire folder, and place it onto the, the backup hard drive, and then I back up four times. So it'll be backed up four times. So I take those folders, and now I can pick up any one of those Lightroom catalogs at Lightroom, any one of those hard drives, open my George folder. Doesn't matter. I can be overseas. I can be, you know, anywhere on a different computer. Hook up my um, hard drive, click on the Lightroom catalog, and it's going to work. And all the files are there, and everything is the same. Does that make sense? So that's so um, for those of you who are on the screen, the folder is George, like oh, you there, named it. Look at where, you. where I've named it. You've got power here, Val. You can oh, I know. And, and then you would have a um, you would have a folder, uh, a subfolder within the George folder for your raw files. Yeah, another subfolder for when you take the time to edit the files. But your Lightroom catalog is a separate file. Um, within the George folder um, as but well. Al- is that right? But always in the George folder. So all through, all always. everything stays in one folder. And then when I need to back everything up, I back up the entire folder. And you must, if you don't want to have any problems down the track, keep everything together and always keep your Lightroom catalog together with the raw files. Okay. Yeah. Now, if, if that is if you are doing lots and lots of different jobs, I highly recommend this technique because it is a great way to make sure that you don't um, have a, a massive um, catalogue with hundreds of different files and suddenly you need to change hard drives. And I've, I've seen it. It's a nightmare for everyone and they lose their stuff. This, I think, mm-hmm. is the best way to look after everything. Um and that, mm-hmm. that's how I do it. Uh, happy to hear any other versions, but it's worked for me. I haven't lost any files in 12 years and, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of files have been um, uploaded and um, edited that way. So hopefully that makes sense. So I just wanted to go over that. In the future, Val, we will do a more in-depth, like a Lightroom-only tutorial where I'll, 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 you know, go in and talk more about the import and what you can do uh, during that. But I just wanted to get that out of the way. So now I want to get into this uh, start-to-finish edit, all right? All right. Hey guys, are you an enthusiast or pro photographer who wants to take their photography to the next level? I'd love the opportunity to work with you and I want to introduce you to my Gold Community. The Gold Community is an educational resource where members get access to photography courses and regular tutorials. There's over 200 tutorials with more being added each month. 
In these tutorials, I take you on set with me and I share my thought process behind scouting locations, posing and directing models, lighting and post-production. You get to see the entire shoot from start to finish, from surface in Sri Lanka using a single speed light to character portraits on the streets of Sicily using daylight or high-end studio shoots where I share all my posing and connecting hacks. There's also regular photo critiques, monthly live calls and heaps more. As a member, you'll also have access to my exclusive Facebook group and online forum where you'll be able to connect with other members from all over the world. So what are you waiting for? Join the Gold community today and start taking the kind of photos you've always dreamed of. You can check it out at ginamilitia.com. Great. All right, so... But back um, to the elderly guy with the cigar. Back to the elderly guy with the cigar. Okay, so the, the cigar, yes. Yeah. So here is the uh, final image that I've got on the so screen. So we give so him a name, the elderly uh, guy with the cigar. His name is um, Armand or Miguel, Miguel. We'll call him, I think it's Armando. I think it, it's Armando. Um, All right, Armando. Yeah. Um, so Armando uh, is a gentleman that I met uh bumped into in in cuba basically so this is a stranger portrait i did not know him we didn't have uh, any uh, a stylist or i didn't tell him to bring cigars he's mm. just uh, one of those cases of uh the harder i work the luckier i get val so okay. it's just like it happened to be uh right place right time but here's the thing when the more you look for stuff the more you see, I find. So he he was approaching me and I actually stopped and struck up a conversation with him and he was just perfect. Like, I, I, you know, if I had have gone to a modelling agency or an acting agency to cast someone to be in a Cuban shoot as a like a local <laughs> guy, I couldn't have done it better. Like everything he's wearing, the fact that he's holding the national newspaper that he had, uh, several cigars in his pocket ready to go and he's got the Panama hat, he's got the, the 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 detailed face. It just made my day. So I just uh, struck up a conversation with him and said, where are you going, what are you doing? And he was on his way to visit his daughter, uh, his granddaughter, and um, who was in hospital. So we had a whole stack of uh, like goodies from the uh, breakfast buffet that I'd uh, – help myself too and uh so I okay. gave him some stuff to take to his uh daughter and then I said hey like let's do a photo shoot and so he agreed he was right into it and just chatting away so basically what this was was uh I was working with available light which was there was plenty of but I wanted to make the image dark and moody so you can see that this on the screen i've got the final result which we've explained where he's got smoke billowing up the cigar mm. is lit up and there's paper he's holding the paper and his hands are nicely textured uh but if i show you the raw image and i did i certainly got that image uh down the track you know i got him smoking and i captured the smoke and i got that in camera and these are like you can see these are the raw files where i actually captured that the reason I chose this particular image where he's leaning down and, you know, when people hunch over to light a cigar or a cigarette, they're all hunched over. The fact that yeah. he did that at the time and I had my assistant in place holding the flash, what happened was when he bent his head forward, I'm going to show you the raw file and I'll just zoom it up a little bit. When he bent forward uh, and I've got the raw file, the flash didn't light his face anymore. It lit the hat, mm. okay? Mm. And these things happen when we shoot. You're not going to get every single yeah. one, but I deliberately chose this because I wanted to show you that you can salvage a shot. It's not something that I recommend that you 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 shoot in a way knowing that, ah, oh, it'll be fine, I'll fix it in post. You know, you're better off getting it in camera, and that's why I wanted to show you that I did actually nail it in camera, Okay, which mm. means that I can do a lot more in post. 
but there are going to be those occasions where for whatever reason you don't actually nail it in camera. And so this mm. one I didn't nail in camera. I did get it wrong. So um, I had exposed from my background, which was a, like a lot darker and moodier, and the flash has only lit his hat and so mm. his face is completely in shadow. And obviously when, there's a brim. The hat has a brim There's in a it. brim of the hat. The and flash then didn't because, go past the brim. Yeah, and because he's hunched over, the flash just completely mm. missed his face and it's lit up the yep. brim so much so that it's because it's white, it's overexposed mm. the brim a little yeah. bit, right? So we've lost all the detail and uh, it, the, 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 the cigar's not even lit. So there's no smoke <laughs> in the original, right? So mm. I'm going to show you how to uh, create that image it's actually this one so uh it's this one here so we've got a little candle flame where he's lighting the image so i want to um show you so basically uh i've got a behind the scenes so 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 just to be clear to everyone in the um final image the first image gina showed the um there's a flame next to the end of the cigar which is burning you know, red, like like embers kind of thing, glowing, whereas the original image has no red whatsoever. It's just as if the cigar's not even lit. Yeah, but I'll show you how to do that in Photoshop. Yes. So, uh, so basically yes. the setup is I've got a little LumiQuest uh, pop uh, fold-up uh, softbox that's on my speed light. The speed light for the sake of this exercise was set at one-eighth power. However, don't be fixated on the settings. What I want you to do is when you get outside and have a go, if you're not, it's it takes – it takes a little bit of courage. Like I was nervous when I first approached strangers. I'm not going to lie to you. That was the case. But the more I did, the more confident I got. And now I couldn't care less. I would approach anyone. I have no fear. But it that wasn't always the case. So it's something that it's a muscle that you've got to exercise and do quite a few. If you're not uh, if you don't feel comfortable approaching a stranger, then I suggest get the styrofoam head or the dog or the cat or, you know, the partner or the the kids if they're obliging and uh, practice with them. I recommend you do it with a styrofoam head because it doesn't give you any attitude, roll its eyes or make you feel that you have to hurry up <laughs> because they've got to watch, you know, Real Housewives of... Uh, <laughs> of Beverly Hills and they're in a hurry, hurry up. Okay, so as you're starting out and you're getting your confidence up, use the styrofoam head or a, a basketball or whatever you want uh, to do that. Mm -hmm. So the, um, my setup basically is I've got a, an assistant holding a uh, – so it's a voice-activated light stand. So, um, <laughs> so A human. A mm -hmm. human So or a warm prop. Um, so basically the, the speed light is attached to the end of a – a light pole and the assistant holds that in place and as a diffuser on the end of my flash I have a uh, little tiny little portable uh, fold down softbox just to uh, control the light a bit more but you could easily use a, like a Gary Fong dome you could try the flash uh, naked so that's not you naked the flash is <laughs> naked you could do that both ways uh, Lightroom would be a bit funny because that's technically stepping out of Lightroom. Anyway, so um, put something over the flash that will soften the light or but just have a go. It doesn't matter what you do at these early stages if you want to have a practice with this. Okay, so but the thought process basically is I want to decide I'm pre-visualising what I want my image to look like. Now, when you're starting out, um, maybe try not to do anything fancy like making it lighter or darker. Just get take a test shot before you add any flash and just get the, the, the background looking correctly exposed. All right, so you you can even um, switch your camera to automatic and just get the camera to uh, decide for you so that you get your person's exposed and then your background's exposed. And then if you want, you can actually stop down to make it a little bit darker and get the background looking how you like. So I just want to show you uh, the difference in – so here is – and I'll just zoom out a little bit. I've got an image where I've got um, Armando in um, – at shot at f5.6 ISO 100 and I've shot at a one 
thirtieth of a second. And you the the background for this image is now quite bright and airy, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. he he, um, he he looks like he belongs in that image. It's it, like it it looks natural, right? Yeah. Okay. So. Then what I did was if I increase my shutter speed to one sixtieth of a second or one stop down, what happens is my background becomes darker, but it doesn't affect the power of the flash. So my point is if you want to control ambient light, then you use the shutter speed. So you can um, increase or decrease the shutter speed until you get the background looking the way you want it and you don't worry about what your subject looks like. So I just want to show you an example. This is how I would uh, shoot. This is a, a shot that I've taken. So basically I've got shot at 1, 1 25th of a second at f5.6 ISO 100. The background is dark and moody. And so is Armando. His face is underexposed. And then it's very dark. I get my background the way I want it to look. And then I add flash. And so basically the flash isn't lighting the background and the sky and everything around it. It's only a little dook, a small mm. amount of light into dook. the face. All right. And the reason I'm using a softbox is the softbox actually controls, corrals, sculpts the light. And so that it's only hitting a little area of his face and it's not lighting everywhere. It's not going on the walls. It's not going in the background. So it's just a little dook of light to bring out his face. And I just want to show you an example of what changing the shutter speed does to the look of the shot. So I've got an image on the screen. If you're watching this, uh, we'll try and describe it as best we can if you're listening to it. But what I did is an experiment where it's in the same location, but it's uh, another passerby that happened to pose for me. And basically mm-hmm. what I did is I had my flash set at uh, an eighth power. I had my ISO set to 100 and my sh- and my aperture to f5.6. And then I, the, so everything was constant. The lighting was constant. The shutter, the ISO was constant and the aperture was constant. Yep. The only thing I changed, Val, was the shutter speed. Shutter speed. So mm-hmm. when I shot at a shutter speed of one two hundredth of a second, and I use that the same flash power. His face is lit. The skin tone looks good. He looks good. The background is very dark and moody, right? Yeah. When I opened up to one one twenty fifth of a second, he looks exactly the same. Nothing changes in my model. Lighting stays the same. I'm not changing anything. The background becomes brighter. You see the difference, Val. And at a 60th of a second, I've got more ambient light in the background. So the shutter speed controls the ambient light. So you can control the look of your shot by increasing or decreasing your shutter speed all the way to shooting at 1 15th of a second where I have no detail in the sky, sky's blown out and the buildings are all lit. And it's basically the difference between having a portrait that looks like it was shot in the daytime to having a portrait mm. lo- that looks like it was shot in in dusk. And if I wanted to, I could, um, you know, increase that further and completely black out the background and make it look like he's on a black background. All right. Does that make sense? Just by controlling the shutter speed. All right. So you can control how you want your image to look. And so that's the thought process um, in getting that image. So back to my original now. So um, that's what I did. And and so 1 125th of a second, 5.6 ISO 100. I've got a moody background. I've got detail in the sky. I've lit it with flash, but we've got the the hat that is um, underexposed. Uh, overexposed and his face is in shadow. So if I take this into the, and I'm just going to zoom in so you guys can see, but like basically in the develop module of Lightroom, or you can do this in Camera Raw in, in Photoshop. You can also very similar in Capture One and very similar in any of the other 
uh, editing software that you use. Uh, GIMP is the other one, most mm. unfortunate name for anyway. But so yeah. um, basically the first thing that I would do to this image is I'm going to just uh, adjust the white balance. And mm. so I'm going to look for an area which is uh, uh, white that is not in a, not in a highlight area, but white that is in shadow. And, and you're doing just, that with a colour picker, right? Yeah, the eyedropper. And sometimes mm-hmm. I just like click around, and mm-hmm. uh, and and like when I get that. So I'll just show you uh, the before and after. So, so hang on, can you not... just explain when you're using the eyedropper yep. and you're clicking around, you're clicking around to find exactly what? So I'm looking for a neutral base to say to Lightroom, hey, Lightroom, this area is neutral. So it's either a mid-gray or a white. Yep. And the reason I say is white, don't click on a white that's overexposed. I'll show you what happens. So if I was mm-hmm. to say, hey, here's a good white tone, I'll use this, which is the hat, which was overlit, right? Mm-hmm. If I use that as a neutral, I'm going to get uh, something. Let me just try and find something that's a bit more blown out because, of course, it's going to make a um, liar out of me. So this area here. It's going to actually overcompensate and so you don't get a nice neutral tone. Uh, so that's why I look for like a, a, a nice grey, like sometimes I look for concrete and that, that actually looks pretty good there uh, or the road, all right, or anywhere that is a neutral tone but that isn't overexposed will work best. All right, and so um, that gives me an even uh, warmer tone there just on his shoulder there. Or you can also use uh, Lightroom's auto ability and that will give you a very, very neutral tone as well. So they're your options uh, with your white balance. And then the next thing I want to do is uh, I don't touch the exposure slider because that actually increases uh, the highlights, shadows, whites and blacks all at once. So I could do that and get like, see, uh, I can increase the, the exposure by say, I don't know, two stops and mm-hmm. his face looks fantastic. But what happens mm-hmm. to the rest of it, Val? Blown out. His hat's blown out, the sky's blown out, and generally it looks shite. So as a general rule, exposure and contrast, I don't touch them. So what I want to do is I'm going to, I want to get some detail in the face. So the first thing I usually do after uh, the white balance is I lift the shadows, all right? And it's so, it's just like magic. Look at that. Now, just by lifting the shadow slider, uh, I have now have detail in the skin tone, all right? And now what I want to do is I want to rescue the highlights in the hat. And so I'm going to decrease the highlights and have a look what happens to the hat and the sky. His hat's filthy. But, you know, (laughs) we've got all the detail and it's lovely, isn't it? So we've got and it adds to the whole character of the shot. So by decreasing the highlights, I get the sky back and I recover my details in the highlights. So, so far, so good. The the image is starting to look like, you know, if we look, have a look at the before and after, we've done pretty well so far, don't you think? Mm-mm-mm. All right. So next, uh, what I want to do is I'm just going to bring this closer because he's got these, uh, you know, this beautiful textured face and uh, hands. I want to increase the texture a bit. So I use the texture mm-hmm. slider a little bit to bring a little bit of texture. Okay. And then I might. So Gene is increasing the texture. Texture, moving okay. The texture and then the I want to just add a titch of clarity. Clarity is like Nutella; a little bit <laughs> goes a long way. And if you overindulge, it's like it just becomes a hot mess. All right. Or what's our latest <laughs> thing, Val? Hot cross buns. A oh, yeah. little bit goes a long way, but when you overindulge, it's no bueno. Mm. So uh, just a little titch of clarity. And so now. We can see before and after we've brought out the detail in the hands and in the face. But now his face looks good, but to me it's not quite bright enough. So what I'm going to do yeah. is this is where I like to do like a little bit of local adjustment. So on in Lightroom you've got the adjustment brush, which is the shortcut for that on the keyboard is K. Uh, if I mm-hmm. click on that, I can now do everything that I just did to the image but in selected areas. So what I'm going to do 
is uh, I'll show you what I'm going to brush on. So I'm just going to add a green overlay just so you can see what I'm doing. But basically, I'm just masking in the area where his face is. And obviously, you can be uh, a little bit more careful than I am. But basically, I'm just masking out his area and I'm saying, hey, Lightroom, this area here is the area that I want to target, okay? Mm -hmm. and so I'll just turn off the overlay. So that's the area that I've selected right there, okay? Yeah. And now I can come in and I can increase the shadows. Did you see what happened? Right. See that? Yeah. And Only I his can face gets also affected. increase the highlights a little bit. Mm. All right, and then just maybe add a little bit of black and maybe a little bit titch of exposure. I know I said don't touch it, but in this little area, it's okay to touch. <laughs> it's okay. like it just sounded like a mum then. Like, yeah, I did say that. I've changed my mind. Um, okay, so I've just increased the skin tones a little bit, and that looks pretty good. All right, so we can mm. see again before and after. Like we've done a really good job. Now I'm just going to come Brilliant. in super, super tight. And I want to show you because his face was underexposed, anywhere where there's not a lot of detail in shadows, uh, the digital files really struggle. So you can always recover uh, shadows to a point, but what happens is you get a lot of noise. So what I'm going to do is go down to my noise slider, and when it comes to repairing noise, you've got a choice to increase the luminance, which is like um, giving the skin Botox. It just smooths it out. It never looks natural. It's not a good thing, and like Botox, little bit goes a long way. Too much, you get that real housewives of name a city look, all right? So no, no to luminance, no to Nutella, no to luminance. What I like to do is the colour slider in noise reduction. So if you use the colour slider, what it is, what it does is it knocks out all the colour noise and we've actually cleaned that up. I don't mind the grain. I could add a little bit of both, I mean luminance, I could add a little bit just a teach, right? Mm -hmm. And now yeah. let's have a look at the before. See that? See all the noise yeah. in there and after. Yeah. So we've gotten rid of all that awful colour digital noise that's in there and now he's looking pretty good. And one final thing that I like to do, there are certain skin tones that uh, the darker they get, they've got like a, an orange undertone. I think I have that orange undertone. There are certain um, spray tans. Most spray tans <laughs> have an orange undertone and it's just... They do. And there's something about digital photography and it's not like that. Maybe in real life you can't see the orange, but once digital photography gets involved, it's something away about the way oh, it handles orange that it really amps it up. So it really what does. you can do is um, you can selectively adjust the colours. So um, if you go down on the right-hand panel underneath the tone curve, you've got the uh, HSL slider, hue, saturation, loop and you've also got the choice to uh, just adjust the colors. So um, in the HSL slider, choose the saturation tab, all right, and then you can actually individually adjust the colors. And so what I do, I'm just going to zoom in a little bit tighter. What I do is I just knock back the saturation of the orange. Hang on, let me just go to this one here knock back the saturation of the orange and can yes. you see the difference there it just it just knocks out a little bit oh hang on I'll do it here see before and after see now how we've lost the orange digital glow and we've just bring yes. bring a little bit of rosy redness back to his cheek uh, so um, there we are and then you can come back and if you think you've gone a little bit too much on the um, uh, selective adjustment you can uh you know just bring it back and uh play around with that so that's all looking good okay so i'm happy with that now what i want to do is just do those last couple of edits so when i'm finished in lightroom i'm just going to open this image up in photoshop and 
hopefully that comes up. Okay, so there's the image in Photoshop. Mm -hmm. And what I want to do now is you can see that the the uh, he's lighting the cigar, but there is actually no, it's not lit, right? So what no. I want to do is just add a little bit of a cigar, uh, lit cigar. So what I've got just is the I've, glow at the, the end glow. of the cigar. Yeah, so what I've got is a cigar tip that I just happened to have, okay, and I've placed that on top of the image. Uh, oh. I'm going to resize so Basically, it Gina has a photograph of another cigar tip that is lit. Yep. Um, and it, she's placing that at the moment over the top the of the image. Of, now, you can see that, the, like, yep. let, let's put them next to each other. This is at a different angle and this one is mm. pointing down. But, like, so what I'm going to do is I'm just resizing it uh, so it's up on its own individual layer, and this is where um, Lightroom sucks basically, and Capture One <laughs> because they don't do, they can't do this. Thing, you know, so if you want to create um, collages and montages and, and like images where you're adding extra layers, you can't. They can't do that yet in Lightroom Capture One. I reckon Capture One will, but that will be there, like something that they'll be working on. But basically, I'm going to resize that layer so my disk is about the same size mm -hmm. as the uh, end of my cigar. And then mm -hmm. what I'm going to do is go to Edit, uh, Transform, and hit Warp. And basically, what I can do is I can now warp this uh, cigar. See that? Look, what, 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 what? Like, oh, God, I can entertain myself. So basically, what I'm going to do first is just move it into place. Don't you need to cut out the rest of the cigar? Ah, wait, grasshopper. Okay. And then I'm going to reduce the opacity so I can see what's going on. Okay, so I can oh, yeah. see it there. Then uh, edit, transform, warp, and I'm going to just warp it into place. So, like, warp is really cool because it lets you just, like, uh, distort everything really so basically um, the cigar that Jean, the, the cigar in the main shot is the, the tip of it's facing down and it's only angled in such a way that you can see the, the tip of it a little bit. Um, the photo that Gina has of a lit cigar separate to this that she's overlaying on, um, the cigar the, the, the cigar is facing the camera, the, in, the tip is facing the camera, so the glowing part is more like a full circle as opposed to um, you know, just almost a, a portion of the circle that you would see if the cigar was facing down. Hope that makes sense. Yeah. So, so now I've <laughs> so got that's it in why place. she's using the warp tool. Yeah. So I've got the, the that in place, but as you can see, we've got all this um, the the surrounding part of the cigar. So, so what we can do is we can cut that out, but that's destructive. What I want to do is repair this in a non-destructive way because if I want to come down back later on and adjust it, I don't want to lose uh, any value pixels so what I do is a layer mask and I don't have time yep. to explain a layer mask but basically this is a way that you can mask uh, pixels in remove and add them back it's a non-destructive way to edit your images so when I add the layer mask to this layer I can come in with uh, a black brush all right and I can come in and just remove that surrounding area and just leave the hot burning embers of the end mm -hmm. of the guy's cigar, right? Now, if I make a mistake, let's just say that I um, lost half of it there, I can switch to uh, white as a foreground colour and I can brush in the embers back mm -hmm. in again and I can also just remove the part from his knuckles and things like that and I can come in and uh, just move that across. Okay, so you get the idea. Mm -hmm. And I just sort of want to power through this last bit because I we've sort of got time constraints here. All right, so you get the idea, right? Mm -hmm. yep. And uh, right. so there it is. It's now lit. And finally, wow. what I want to do, so we've got, That's you know, great. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, <laughs> now what I want to do is add some smoke. So smoke, you can make it as an overlay. So if you've got a, uh, a black sheet or a black, uh, a black 
uh, cutter, so the black insert from your five-in-one reflector, the black side. Mm-hmm. Hang it up. Get some um, get some incense and light it and hold it in front of the uh, the black. And if you've got like some sunlight incense. coming from what behind, what a good idea! If you've got some um, sunlight uh, coming from behind, streaming so that the smoke needs to be backlit to be able to show up. You can take shots and create your own smoke overlay. So I've actually got a uh, tutorial coming out next month for the Goldies where I show you how to create smoke and dust and um, like a million different overlays. And we've got a pack coming out shortly. So that is the easiest way to do it if you don't want to um, arc up a, you know, a ciggy or or anything like that because it's hard to like follow cigarette smokers around going can you just blow this on my black background uh, so that or uh, a candle that you light and then blow out will give you like a, a different um sort of uh level of smoke or mm. just other things uh you can add a um dip a incense is a great idea yeah, dip a cotton bud into uh something like vaseline or oil and light that and then blow it out, that'll create uh, smoke as well. But incense is a good one because you kind of get a controlled uh, stream mm. of smoke. Uh, all right, So, but I've got an actual smoke overlay. So what I'm going to do is go to File, Place Embedded, go to my smoke overlay on black. So basically what I've got is what I just explained, some smoke that's yeah. backlit on a black background that I'm going to place on my image. So basically what's it look like at the moment, Val? It's um, sort of the white or light grey smoke on a black background, yeah. like so a rectangle. what I'm doing is um, I'm just positioning the smoke to uh, the area that I think looks makes sense so that it's up in front of his face. But at the moment it's on a black background and I can't just cut it out the same way I did with the cigar. What I can Mm. do is just change the blend mode of the layers from normal to screen and Bob's your uncle and or Armando (laughs) or Miguel or whoever you want. Now, so what I've got now is I've got smoke in front of his face, but because Mm -hmm. it was on a black background and it's got a hard edge, can you see that? You can see the edge there of the smoke yeah, yes, overlay. Yes. So basically what we need to do, again, with a layer mask, so new layer mask, black is my foreground colour and a nice big brush and basically I'm just going to remove the areas that I don't like, okay, and mm-hmm. maybe some on the face. I've just got the smoke coming up in the areas that I need it. All right, and then finally, just to make the – the that uh and just off the hat as well just to make the uh the smoke really pop is i select my smoke layer filter camera raw filter which basically mm-hmm. is a rip off of lightroom so it's exactly the mm-hmm. same so if you can use lightroom you can use camera raw and i'm just going to add texture and the best friend of smoke is clarity <laughs> and say okay and that applies it and have a look at that. Boom. Mm, now we've got smoke. Fantastic. And then just go back. And if there's any little areas that I missed, just like here, I can just clean those up. And there we are. We've got our final image. Brilliant. And uh, it's all done. And then, That's if, I, then great. if I hit save, uh, that will mm. then appear in uh, Lightroom again. So I'll just show you. I've already got one that I've done. But if I hit save, File, save, it should create another version for me saved into Lightroom. So that's why I use that protocol because now I have all my edited files and all my uh, original raw files all together in one spot uh, safely in Lightroom. And then if I wanted to uh, down the track, I can select my edited image um, and I think it's just come in. The Yeah, there's my new image there. So uh, it's just come in. But if I wanted to, I can select uh, my edit and down the track I can then open it up and it'll open and all the layers and all the adjustments are saved and I can go back and... Um, and edit it. It's not going to let me do it because we're recording at the same time. But but that you get the idea. And so we got the before mm. and after, and it's uh, it just makes a, a huge difference to how the image looks. Brilliant. 
All right. So it's incredible. The there, image is completely transformed. It's fantastic. It's, so as I say, this is a and workaround. You can save images. I, I don't advise against getting into that mentality or if I'm just going to save it in post or rescue it in post or I'm going to add all these things in post. If you can try and get it in camera, uh, which mm. is highly possible, then you can take that image so much further than if you have to do all of this other stuff. But I just wanted to show you a few little tricks of what's possible with the, some of these editing uh, uh, tools. Brilliant. All right. Okay, fantastic. Well, I really enjoyed that. Um, uh, listeners, do let us know whether, um, you know, g give some feedback as to whether this sort of start-to-finish journey of a photograph is useful to you and the way we've presented it in both video and audio format, obviously. But obviously, if you want to see the shots, it's in it's in the video, um, which are in the show notes at ginamilitia.com. Let us know what you think because, obviously, if you like it, we would love to do more And if because I'm certainly learning a lot. I'm loving it. Um, and if it's not that useful to you, we want to hear that as well. So we're not doing them. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we've now reached the end of this week's episode. I thought that was really enlightening. I can see so many people using the adjustment brush and so many of the functions and some people moving on to Lightroom now that they can see. Um, I mean, no, I know many people are already on it, but for the newbies, you can see how powerful it is. Um, a lot of people go straight into Photoshop, which is um which is fine, but it's it's Lightroom where you kind of make the image, the exposure, the colors, and all that kind of stuff, the way the way it's meant to be, or the way that you see it in your head, and then it's Photoshop that does these manipulations, um, uh, more so than you know the the changing the 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 hue and saturation and and all that yeah kind but of thing. everything i did in lightroom can be done in camera camera raw so camera you raw in lightroom, photoshop, you can yes. start same, with camera raw and then you know go on to photoshop so that, that they're the possibilities and i know that most of the stuff you can do in capture one and um you know all the the the, the principles are all the same so if you don't have this exact software have a go with whatever software you have and yeah do share your results i'd, I'd love to see them and just more importantly i hope this teaches you to shoot in raw um as, as well because there's so much more you can do mm. as well all right brilliant so what are you doing in the coming week gina oh it's back in it's full swing so i'm working on two different shows at the moment so that that's all happening and it's you know pretty much uh this uh little lazy uh summer days and having extra time is kind of gone but it's it's been um good and i'm uh you know excited to really get back into it uh for the year so right. uh lots going on what about you um well i because i've been in lockdown i feel like i haven't taken advantage of the summer yet um and when I went out to, to lunch today, you know, I kind of remembered what life was like and I want to get a bit more of that, I Good. think. I want a bit of a summer holiday. Yay. I would say. So boogie yeah. boarding's back on the table, Val? Maybe. Yoga <laughs> Beach Babe is back. That would be a great T-shirt for you to wear, Yoga Beach Babe. Uh, or not. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Where do we find you online, Gina? I'm at ginamilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. -I -I you can all you can find me on all social media. I'm at Gina Militia. And if you want to take your photography to the next level and you want to see uh, more of these types of tutorials that we shared today, only longer and more detailed, and you want <laughs> to take your photography to the next level, I'd love the opportunity to work with you. Just uh, um, go to ginamilitia.com and uh and click check on out the membership oh is it changed Val? yes it's called membership oh yeah so go so, and click on membership and uh yeah we'd love to work with you in the gold community what about you val uh, you'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, -O, on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.